Thank you for listening to Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible, a new, much funnier translation of the entire Hebrew Bible, written by me, David Tuckman. I'm coming to you from my living room, slickly edited over some room tone to make it sound like I'm whispering to you before the show. If this is your first time listening, don't worry. We're about to start the book of Exodus, so you can jump right in. If catching up with Genesis first is more your thing, you can try the first four Just the Bible Bits episodes of the show, which will speed through all the readings in Genesis. Or you can listen to the entire episodes on the massive playlist on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash omgwtfbible. Every month, a guest joins me at a live show somewhere on Earth to read a portion of the Torah, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, while I make fun of it. Then I release it in weekly podcasts. You're listening to the first installment of Shemot, which is what Jews call the first portion in the book of Exodus. I read it over the course of a month. The next installment will be out in a week. This time around, I introduce my guest and we get started reading. If you enjoy this show and have something you'd like to share, drop me a line at omgwtfbible at gmail.com. You might also want to consider signing up for the mailing list by clicking on the link in the rightmost column on omgwtfbible.com. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it in the iTunes store. It only takes a minute and really helps. Now, the recap. Previously, in the Bible, God created literally everything, including a guy named Yaakov, who changed his name to Yisrael and had a ton of children. Enjoy the show! For thousands of years, we've been under the impression the Bible was meant to be taken seriously. Finally, a new translation that'll change all that. This is... Oh my God! What the fuck Bible? Yeah! Welcome to episode 23 of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible. I just got introduced by my beautiful crowd coming to you from Beauty Bar in front of this live audience. I am David Tuckman. Each month on this show, a guest joins me and tries to read as many chapters as possible of my own personal translation of the Old Testament from the original Hebrew while I make fun of it. And tonight we are kicking off Exodus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. I almost said I almost said Genesis because I'm so used to it, but that's over. This is the second freaking book. I can't believe that happened. Today I threw a piece of paper on the floor. That's how crazed I am. Today is Monday, August 25th. Um, we've been running an Indiegogo for two months, and I'm pleased to say that I think we're at about $2,400. Uh, 69 people have donated. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone who's donated. You guys are awesome. You're paying for literally all the equipment that we're using right now to record this podcast. So you were making this show happen. By the time you listen to this, uh, it's over. So you missed your chance if you didn't donate. Again, I want to thank everybody who's here, uh, who's missing the MAs tonight, who's missing Monday Night Football. I, I, I think I, it's Monday night. I think football's happening. I don't know if it's happening. Um, I'm starting to get really anxious because I know I'm going to start missing it every month and that blows my spot every year, but it's going to happen and I'm going to do this freaking show for you. Anyway, this is a new book and we are changing some things on this show. Um, the show that you're about to hear, the show that we're about to record is going to be a little bit longer than it usually is, at least the live show is. Um, instead of doing just a piece or as many chapters as we can, we are going to read the entire Parsha, the entire Torah portion that is typically read in a Hebrew synagogue. So this month we are reading Parshat Shemot, or the way that I'm going to translate it. There are only going to be 11 episodes for all of Exodus. We are going to finish it in less than a year. 
which is awesome because it took us two years for Genesis. If you're listening to this, it's probably August 28th or 29th, which if John and I can get our act together is when we release it. This episode is a little bit shorter than usual. That's because while we're doing a full Parsha at the live episode, the podcast would be way too long if we did all that. So I've cut it up into little chunks. But that also means you're not going to have to wait a month to hear the next episode. If you're listening to this online right now, the next episode of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible comes out in a week. And we're going to try to keep up that weekly schedule for as long as we can. There may be a little bit, there may be some gaps depending on when the live show is scheduled, but that's going to keep going. So be on the lookout for a new episode of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible every Thursday on Juicy.com and every Friday everywhere else on Stitcher, iTunes, every single podcasting app uh, and with little breaks. The next episode, there are just a few more housekeeping things, is going to be here, Beauty Bar on 14th Street on September 22nd at 8 p.m. The special guest is Y-Love, uh, a Jewish rapper guy. So that's going to be crazy. After that, I have some really exciting news. There's going to be a show in Philadelphia in October. The details are still being worked out, so stay tuned for information on that. And I'm also really excited to announce that Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible is going to be participating in the Limud Conference in Warwick, England uh, sometime during the last week of December. Uh, we still don't know exactly when the session is going to be, but I'm going to be doing two podcast episodes. We're going to be recording two episodes there comprising one entire Parsha. So if you're in England and you want to see it and you want to go to Limud, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, one last thing. When I did Genesis, I was kind of uh, in a race against time to finish it before the podcast episodes got on the air. I'm really happy to announce that in my hands, I have the entire manuscript for all of Exodus. I finished translating it this weekend. So this is what you're going to be hearing for the next year. I'm really excited to read it to you. I want to thank the organization Present Tense for helping me get to where I am today. I would not be doing the second year probably without them. Are you guys ready to meet your guest? This guy, I'm, I've been chasing for a while. Um, <laughs> no, he knows that. That was you. Oh, yeah. No. All those <laughs> been stalking calls. him on the internet for a very long time. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, I don't know his name. No. Please welcome the executive director, is that right? Yes. Of Jewish Queer Youth, Mordechai Levovitz. Hello. Hey. How this you doing? Really cool. Very yeah. good. Very good. That's this is awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, look at that. We're, we're kind of in sync. We are. Did you, did you get some pizza, first of all? I did not eat pizza yet, because I'm, I'm going to Fire Island next week, and I have to look, oh, I have to look gay svelte. <laughs> Which is that, is that different from... It is. It is in, different. In, is it larger or smaller? No, no, no. It's much unhealthier. <laughs> <laughs> much less body weight? or body My, Yeah, fat? everything. Okay. It's just... Uh, just less of it's everything. terrible. Uh, but so, such is life. <laughs> So you are the executive director of Jewish Queer Youth. What, what is that organization for our listeners? <laughs> After I just promoted the idea of eating um, unhealthily for bad body image, <laughs> this is my message to you. No, no, not at all. Be okay um, with yourself. Yes, at yeah. any size. Um, the the <laughs> JQY. You mean that for a lot of things, right? Yes, no. Um, I'm talking about a youth group. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's be, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> 
JQY is uh, an organization that creates um, crisis education and support resources for LGBTQ youth and their family in the Orthodox Jewish world. Wow. Um, that's a, a mouthful. That is, and, and that's really uh, impressive, too. And yeah, and, and it's for, um, and when I say Orthodox, I, I mean uh, general traditional Judaism, uh, basically conservative Judaism to the right of okay. that. So uh, it would include Hasidic, Hasidic wow. or, or Sephardic or, or those kind of so um, communities. What are some organizations that you're working with on this? Um, we, it's great, actually. Like today, there are a number of organizations that are really, really do great things for LGBTQ Jews in general. Mm -hmm. um, there is Keshet in Boston, right. um, that is a national organization for inclusion, um, and there is Nihirim, which is an organization uh, that, that does spiritual retreats and events. Um, there is Eshel, which is an organization that does uh, Shabbatones for Orthodox and Orthodox interested um, LGBTQ Jews. Jews. Um, so yeah, we live lot. in a world. We we live in a world where um, uh, we're we're organizing to make sure that every person has a place and is supported and has a voice. And I think that's really. I mean, I, I know you guys have been around for a while, but that's really very different from the landscape that I think I grew up in. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who I knew probably would have benefited from stuff like that. But you're Thank you. you're yeah. involved with schools too, or yes, in yeah. educational institutions. Well, I think that when because uh, many of our constituents are youth, uh, we we serve people really from 14 and and up into young adulthood. Uh, and when dealing with youth, the gatekeepers are uh, the schools or the camps or the institutions that uh, they find themselves in. So uh, so sometimes it's harder and uh, to to speak directly with youth because you know they're uh, they're youth or minors. Yeah. Uh, but speaking to uh, uh, their teachers and the administration, and 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 you'd be surprised. They're actually um, are leaders within the Orthodox world, really willing to talk about this issue and think about this issue in a new light, um, wow. put a human face on the issue. And I'm not saying that we're there yet. There's still a lot of um, suffering and misunderstanding and and, um, and and sometimes bullying that goes on. Yeah. But I do think that we're heading in the right direction. And that's sometimes being in the right direction is everything. I think that's really good to hear. When I first learned about your organization, I was just shocked that you existed because oh, I think that that move really has to happen. And if Orthodox Judaism were to survive and whether or not our listeners want that to happen or many people want that to happen, it really does have to come to terms with the fact that there are a lot of LGBT people in the community and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's interesting to think about, first of all, that there are no, the percentages of LGBT people are no different in the Orthodox world right. than in the non-Orthodox world than in the non-Jewish world. Especially if you have as many children as the Hasidim. Right, I mean, the percentages are the same. I mean, it, it's, it's the same. But what's really interesting about being in New York is that uh, the UJA uh, Manhattan did a, uh, a study, a great study about um, uh, the UJA, ab about the Jewish population of New York. And what we found is, is that 40% of the Jews in New York identify as Orthodox. That wow. is, there is no other, uh, outside of Israel, there's yeah. really no other city in the world that um, has 40% of the Jews identifying as Orthodox. But the more interesting number is that the Jews under 16, if you just took in uh, New York City and not the outer boroughs, um, it, it's 73% uh, it's of Jews under 16 are from Orthodox families. Wow. So when you think about Jewish youth in New York, you kind of have to think about 
orthodoxy. Absolutely. So if you're if huh. even if you're 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 thinking about um, just just being a Jewish LGBT youth organization, thinking about orthodoxy and dealing with orthodoxy, engaging orthodoxy is part of engaging Jewish youth today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and and of course it's because, like you said, uh, many ultra orthodox people have uh, ten and over kids, and while many, um, uh, while the trend is in the non orthodox um, and more liberal communities to have less kids, if if any. Yeah. So, uh, so so and and as By those become magnitude. right, yeah. and those kind of become these this kind of divergent um, uh, trends, uh, which which is going to create a lot of orthodox kids. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you a question though. When did you decide to be Jewish? When did <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is that I, I, I don't actually think that that's such a um, uh, an unfair question because of course being Jewish can mean in, in so way, many yeah. different things and uh, and in some ways being Jewish can be a choice and in other ways it's ridiculous to say being Jewish is a choice Absolutely. because I. Um, I happen to have been born Jewish. Certainly, there are so many Jews of choice. I don't want to disrespect yeah, that, and they're just as much Jewish as, as we are. Well, what I um, wanted to get to was, uh, where are you from? I mean, where did you grow up? Oh, where from? Okay. Oh, well, that's what um, I... <laughs> I thought we were doing something interesting. Well, we <laughs> where am I from? We're going to play Jewish geography. We, we, um, a little bit. All right. Okay, so I was born uh, in Manhattan, Okay. and uh, then uh, my, uh, my father is... Uh, was a kind of yeshiva boy. He learned in Philly yeshiva in St. Louis, and my mother grew up in Borough Park in a really kind of yeshivish household. And uh, then we moved to, my father learned in Israel for about three years, so I, I grew up as a little Israeli boy, actually. Oh. And, and I Hebrew was my first language. So I forgot everything. Okay. <laughs> no, everything, everything, it's terrible. Um, then we moved uh, to, my father's family lived in Brookline, Massachusetts, and I lived there for about um, nine years. And then I moved to Lawrence, New York, where uh, my, my parents still live today, the five towns. Yes. And I went to- Knew it well. Yeah, I went to Dar Torah. And, so you grew up uh, in a very orthodox home? Yeshivish orthodox. Okay, yeshivish, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I think, and, and I don't know how, I mean, they're, they're kind of lots of different, orthodoxy has its own spectrums and sub-communities and whatnot, and I think yeshivish is kind of, when people look at like the black hats, right. but not the long twirly payas. Right, very <laughs> so different. So it's like that not and Hasidic. not that, not Hasidic, right. Um, where did you, or where do you kind of identify right now? It's in interesting. Terms of your I, I really like. I identify with Orthodoxy as a community, okay. mostly. I know it's ironic, mostly because of my work in JQI. I spend yeah. so much time engaging with Orthodoxy that it's kind of a de facto. I identify with it. Um, I don't know. It's. I mean, it, it, of course, it's really funny to think about hypotheticals. Well, what if I didn't do, if I wasn't as involved in JQY, would I identify as much with orthodoxy? I, I don't know. I think it comes, my, you know, my identifying comes from my work and comes from, you know, where I think about, well, this is where I spend most of my time and these are the people that I know. Right. It's interesting because it seems like it's almost like if you're going, you have this desire to engage in the community, so it's going to be that, or that that's where the change has to happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, it's 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 not, you know, I mean, I think doing work in the orthodox world, yeah, I think it started as something very kind of theo theoretical and ideological, but when I kind of think about it, it has, it's more visceral than that. It's like, when I go home for Shabbos, that's my world. Right. It's not necessarily because, oh, I believe this is the right way of Judaism and the other ways are wrong, and 
that's it's not it's not really very kind of fire and brimstone idealistic that you know orthodoxy must be changed because we have to save orthodoxy. It's it's very simple. It's, it's that just where we it's where it's where my family is. I I don't you know you don't choose your family. No. And I feel it's important for me and others like me to be able to be comfortable in their homes for Shabbos, in their schools that they go to. So it's less this kind of ideological idea of, you know, or everybody should be orthodox and we need to be Makarov people, which right. is, you know, I don't know if you know about Makarov. But uh, bring yeah. people closer, bring to, closer to orthodoxy. It's not really for, like that And there's a lot me. of people who focus just on that. Yeah, I, not me. Th these are some questions that I ask all my guests. Um, so do you, do you profess a belief in God? Do I I do don't understand the question. Do you believe <laughs> do you believe in God? Do I believe in God? Yes, I do believe in God because um I, I just I have too much to complain about, <laughs> and if there was no human will listen to it. Right, if there wasn't something or someone to complain to, I just would feel so empty. Uh, so, so I just I think that my yeah my natural penchant for complaining is very very connected to my belief in God. That's very um, profound. What what yeah. what do you do you know what you believe in or what God is? No. Okay. Would you even try to? No. Find that? Okay. No. Cool. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Wouldn't even go down that road. Absolutely um, not. That's a great answer. Do yeah. you believe? So we're about to read the Torah. Yes. Obviously, we're about to start Exodus. We're very close. Um, do you believe that these words were written by God? Well, I think that all words are written by God. Okay. I mean, I think that because we're especially writers are are inspired. Yeah. Where do we get? I mean, writing. The wonderful thing about creativity and art is that it really is the true magic. Magic in the in the most plain sense. I have there no idea why in the world I'm doing this. Well, but but seriously, no, it's not it's not magic in that why we're doing this. It's the idea of there is something, there is nothing, yeah. and then poof, there is something. That is that is there's nature doesn't work that way. It it everything comes from something else. But words and art and create, literally there was nothing before I wrote this. It didn't exist in the world, and now there's this. Yeah. So if that is not God, if that is not spirituality, if that is, I don't know what is because it's so supernatural in the most um, literal term of what supernatural would mean. Absolutely. So yes, in that sense, I do believe the idea that you know that that the Torah in that was was a work of inspiration mm -hmm. in the way that um, uh, I think is, is godly. I kind of love that. I mean, to me, that I feel like it's godly. I don't know if God wrote it. It's like a tricky play. Or God, to I, me, I don't I like know what that means. God, right, you exactly. think he's, a, he's at his desk and he he's has, writing he and he a ran out of specific typewriter. Like, the ink oh, ribbon yeah. broke and he was yeah, spending an so hour. That, yeah, that's why there so are so many changes of voice and tone. It right. Doesn't, yeah. That, I don't. I yeah. I mean, um, I think that that's kind. Of, that would be me, a, a, a sophomore. Shakespeare is very godly. Yeah, in, in a, a different in, in a different way. Yeah. Absolutely, I think that um, I I think also intention is important. Mm -hmm. I think Shakespeare wrote his um, uh, material for the theater, and yes. in that sense, it may have been inspired, but ultimately is a theatrical work. Um, the Bible is not written as theater. It's it it is it is written religion. as as a kind of word of God. So yeah. in that sense, that's what it is. So we have to kind of see it as that. So it's not you know. Although yes, both can be inspired. I wouldn't compare it in a way to Shakespeare because Shakespeare is a different genre. It doesn't say these are the laws that God handed down. It's yeah, it's, right. it's to entertain as opposed to organize a society. Correct. Cool. Um, do you have have you ever read the entire Bible or Hebrew Bible? 
Did in its know? entirety. I think that in school I must have because yeah. we, we kind of went through it, especially in, in elementary. We kind of went through it from the beginning to the end. But uh, So I think that my understanding of the entire Bible, and when I say entire Bible, the five books of Moses. The, well, um, the, the Tanakh. Oh, with the Tanakh? Have yeah. I read everything? Okay. No, 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 I have not. Um, do you have a favorite story, though, of what you have read? Oh, man. Um, favorite story. I really, I love the story of, of David. And not because of the David <laughs> and Jonathan. I think that that's not, you know, that that's... Or the dancing yeah. on the long claw. Yeah. Well, 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 actually, more than... I like <laughs> that. Okay. <laughs> I like, I like the, st I like the narrative. I think it's, it's really interesting. I like the relationship between David and King Saul. And I like the fact that David was an artist, and and I like the fact that we know what color hair he had, mm -hmm. and I like I like the fact that he kind of it was the creating the creation of, of of the nation of Israel in Israel, and yeah. it was the story of him kind of putting together these tribes and these kind of the riffraff, and and it just everything about the story of David really kind of um, speaks to me. So I I I, I think that's probably my favorite. So maybe we'll have you back. Um, Oh, we'll we, do, we, we we'll do David. But yeah. we're about to start Exodus. Are you guys ready to read the Bible? Yeah. yeah. This is Torah, a loose translation. Oh, book two, names. Chapter one, in which we are reminded how many freaking kids Yisrael has. If you're following along in the normal chapters, this is Exodus 1-1 to, to 17. All right. These are the names of Yisrael's sons who came down to Mitzrayim. Recap. Yaakov, the man and his house came down. Reuven, Shimon, Levi, of which I am part of his tribe. Oh, congratulations. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zevulun, which I think more people should be named Zavulin because it's a, it's a cool it's name. It's a really, you know? it's a disappearing Nobody name. names Zavulin anymore. <laughs> uh, it's, I, it bothers me. Because it's Zemulin. like the one everybody, like, live. Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, God. God, not so much, but in, in, in Israel they use God. But yeah. nobody, Zavulin is a lost I want to call somebody Zebulun. I love it. And Asher, Asher. Asher. Right, which people use too. Yes. All right. Seventy souls came out of Yaakov's thighs. I once had a soul removed from my thigh. <laughs> Fortunately, it was benign. <laughs> Yosef was already in Mitzrayim. Mm -hmm. Yosef died. <laughs> His brothers died. The entire generation died. Okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's kind of morbid. Yisrael's yeah. sons were fruitful and teeming. So, according to the Midrash, or rabbinical literature that goes along with this entire thing, this means, the teaming means that the Hebrews had five or six children every time they got pregnant, which sounds painful and also like what is happening in New York right now. Or it means they were fruitful and gay. Yes. They <laughs> multiplied and grew super strong. Ooh. I like your translate, super strong. Super strong, like no Jews ever. Woohoo! <laughs> the country was full of them. That's chapter one. Yay! That's it. Join us next week for the next installment, released on Thursday on Juicy.com and Friday everywhere else. And remember, you can talk back to me on Twitter, Facebook, OMGWTFBible.com, or OMGWTFBible at gmail.com. If you like the show, please rate and review it on iTunes. The next live recording of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible will be at Beauty Bar in Manhattan on September 22nd at 8 p.m. You can find more information at the website or on the Facebook page. Be sure to tune in for the next installment of the podcast because next week 
in the Bible. Let's be devious. <laughs> Reach out, touch, face.